Good morning, everybody out there in WKXL Radio Land. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living today on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and of course, 101.9 FM in Manchester. So for uh, everybody out there, if the first, first order of business is for me to give our shout out to Good Life. Good Life Programs and Activities is a 50-plus health and wellness center right here in Concord. And we all know that they offer low-cost or free exercise and art classes, as well as many trips, socials, and educational seminars. So visit www.goodlifenh.org, or you can visit them at the Smokestack Center at 254 North State Street right here in Concord. Thanks for Good Life for supporting Artful Living and they absolutely deserve your support, too. It's a great group. All right. So, of course, we have a great segment again today. And uh, for those who might be new listeners here to Art for Living, you know that our job isn't just to bring you art in the sense necessarily of music or dance or theater, but Artful Living can grace many different genres, right? And uh, today is one of those different genres. Now, we know that it's always a great thing to be educated, right? Education is key, no matter what it is you're looking at, art, whatever you want to talk about. And so for me today, uh, this is going to be an educational seminar, because I know nothing, nothing about today's uh topic. But by the end of this segment, it is my hope that you and I will both be able to have some pretty good information. And I'm sure that's going to be true. So I want to welcome our guest, Jimmy McIntyre, for being our guest here on Artful Living. James, Jimmy, you want me to go James, Jimmy, which way? I think Jimmy sounds cooler. That's cool. All right. So Jimmy, thanks for being here. And uh, you're going to bring us into the world of cryptocurrency, correct? I am. It's going to be a very difficult task because I'm going to give everyone listening so much information in a short amount of time, but I promise you that I'm going to make it very easy to understand. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that's good for me because I like that. That makes me feel better. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope everybody listening is saying the same thing. Now, if you're listening and you have a lot of experience in cryptocurrency, I guarantee you'll still learn something from me. And the, the reason why I'm so um, educated, experienced, and know a lot about crypto is because I've been through a lot of pain in this area. <laughs> it's been a learning process, and I learn best when I make mistakes and Ouch. then you know, change things and move forward from them. So I've got seven years of uh, making mistakes, yeah. and you're going to all benefit Isn't from that. Isn't that good? You know, I tell my kids, even in theater, music, whatever you're talking about, the nerves come because they're afraid to make a mistake, and I always say to them, you know what? If you don't make the mistake, something's wrong because you're not on that journey to get better. Well, if I was trying to convince people to start buying crypto, that might be an excellent uh, communication <laughs> way to do it right there. Like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You got you to jump in and start yeah. to do it and you'll learn. And that is part of the art piece of this, I will say, mm -hmm. with, with crypto, because there are over 20,000 cryptocurrencies out there right now. Oh like A lot of gosh. people don't know that. There are tons. We could start up an artful living coin tomorrow. <laughs> If we really wanted to, I, I don't think we're going to go that yeah, aggressively okay. to start, but <laughs> it, it's, it really can be uh, something that will give your brain an exercise every single day. I think about crypto all the so, time. So you know what? It's a creative thing, right? And educating yourself into what could be a profitable way for you right, to make money is a very important thing. Good things come when you can actually have time and money to spend on them. So that's all good. 
right? It's all good. So what, for the person that, let's say, is out here and has always had a passing interest but feel like, oh, I could never dive into that, why don't, we, um, why don't you get us on the road to being able to understand how, what it is first and why we would be interested in it? The number one reason I think people would not get involved with cryptocurrency is because, like you said earlier, I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Seven years ago, neither did I. But (laughs) the long and the short of it is why Bitcoin and and crypto in general, but let's just start with Bitcoin because Bitcoin was the very first cryptocurrency ever created. But more importantly than that, and people don't really talk about this, is a new form of technology was created when Bitcoin was created. That technology is called blockchain. Blockchain technology is, to put it simply, far superior to the existing technology that the financial systems have been working off for the last 30, 40 years. It's far superior, but it's new. And Bitcoin has created a way for all of the other cryptos to kind of communicate with each other in the new type of technology. And what's happening nowadays is this new technology is being uh, kind of looped in with the existing technologies. And that's the struggle that, that's happening within um, you know, the government, politics, and, uh, and the financial systems mm-hmm. right now. Right, because it's new and everybody's trying to figure out where it's going to land and how maybe it's going to you know, impact them. So the one thing that's important for educational purposes, you've just said for our listeners that may be new to this, is that crypto is sort of the theme of many different types of this correct? Exactly. Uh. People loop it all in and say, oh, it's crypto. But really, it's blockchain technology. Like JP Morgan uses blockchain technology to deliver different um, solutions and and, uh, offers to customers. Mm -hmm. But it's not cryptocurrency. It's the blockchain. And what it is, to quickly explain blockchain, is when you go on, and let's say you're listening to this this show via a podcast, Mm -hmm. okay? The podcast, you have to log into a site you hit play, up it comes. That podcast is stored in a central database with other podcasts and other forms of information. They're housed in data warehouses. So the servers, the hardware, the stuff nobody really likes to deal with, if they're broken, it's like, help me, somebody call, you know, call somebody that knows what they're doing. All that information is stored in one place, okay? That's how things have always been. Your bank accounts, all in the same place. With blockchain technology, that's not how things are stored. The information is stored across all of the computers that are part of the blockchain. So if somebody tries to hack in to one of those computers, all of the other computers go, wait a second, that's not what we're doing. No, 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 no. And that one computer kind of gets kicked out. So it's oh way goodness. harder to break into the blockchain. That's why, and people don't know this, Bitcoin, the network, has never been hacked because it's new or is it because of this because it can't be because it's based on the blockchain technology where you have a bunch of computers all running their own software it's the same software but they're running it on their own systems they work together but they all recognize that hey this one if somebody changes something Uh that's not when we're bumping you out wow that's the difference and that's why the financial industry goes whoa wait a second because who out there raise your hand if your credit card has ever been hacked Right. Everybody. Yeah. Guess what? 
that's an impetus when it continues to grow like this and everybody's all the time getting hacked they're going to say we got to do something different well, why don't they follow that technology then why why aren't it's expensive and it's new and the legacy systems like the old financial companies yeah. they have too much money invested in the stuff they don't want to turn over to something new yeah. or, uh, and that's and true that could all of a sudden oh what if that did get hacked for the first time like they talk about that supercomputers that's going probably a little too deep so i, I need to yeah, dial it right, back right, but right. the point of the the matter is the technology that crypto is based on is far superior to what companies are using and why nowadays. is that important for us to know because technology wins it's just like in the past when there was no internet or, or there was you know and you had to deliver mail all the time. When's the last time you've gotten a handwritten letter from somebody? Well, I'm old enough to remember when that was the only way I communicated like with people, except the phone. But yeah. if I wanted to write something to them, now it's text, it's email, yeah. it's me. Technology wins. It just takes time. Wins what? For crypto. The money. The okay. money and the investment. So, uh, what I'm trying to connect here is is that we know that this crypto is this now new genre, right? And that the way that we're having it flourish is through this blockchain technology, okay? Uh, but my question to you is for the lay folk that don't really understand that, why is that so important to understand for someone that's new coming into crypto? Well, one, it's cool. And it's, it's <laughs> it, it, right, just, just listening to it, it's like, well, this that sounds cool. different, it sounds, yeah. but a little bit shady. Like, what is, okay, tell me more about this. That's okay. what you're searching all right. for, right? So you're telling it's all safe and it's new, and, and so this, just because it's new, doesn't mean that it's chancy. I, I like where you're going there, but definitely not. And this is part of the reason why I would tell everybody in crypto, well, you have to proceed cautiously because a uh -huh. lot of the Bitcoin network is different and bitcoin is a different crypto from the other 20,000 plus cryptos that i mentioned earlier are out there okay bitcoin is one it runs on its own network and it's kind of on an island right when you have all of the other cryptos, a lot of them run off of uh, uh, the second crypto ever to be invented, which was called Ethereum. And Ethereum is still today the second most valuable coin out there. If you look at a, a coinmarketcap.com yeah, website. Yeah, you know what? I'm on that site. I have the site crypto.com mm -hmm. and it, it talks about Ethereum. I was wondering what that was. It's a great segue, I think, to, to lead into the discussion on all of the other coins and huh. where crypto has been and the pain that people like me have gone through and where it's going to be okay, headed into cool. the future. Very cool. Okay. We've got a lot of information. I love this. All right. We're going to take a little break and you stay right where you are. We're going to come up on the other side and we'll talk with Jimmy McIntyre some more about cryptocurrency. Thanks for joining us. Hang on. Welcome back. WKXL, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living. And we have an exciting segment today. If you missed our first segment, you know, you should go on New Hampshire Talk Radio. And you should go online and catch it, because it was a good one. But we have another great segment coming up here. And we have a guest here who is a New Hampshire resident, Jimmy McIntyre. And uh, he is telling us about cryptocurrency. And I know 
for myself, speaking for myself, this has been something I've always kind of wanted to understand, but never made time for it. Uh, today will give us all some really good information about how to negotiate that journey and uh, learn some exciting things about crypto and you know in general. So in the last segment, Jim, you were telling us that blockchain technology is the thing that governs cryptocurrency right now, and it's very safe. Uh, it kind of knocks out the computer that might try to be hacked. So that's important to know for this new currency thing coming on, coming online, right? That it's a, a pretty safe base, base foundation, and, and not a lot of people. When you turn on the news or the, the um, stock programs, if you're watching the financial news or business news in the morning, they're not talking to you about blockchain. They're talking to you about the price of Bitcoin has gone up or gone down, yes. and there's this and that. So I'm taking it back a step just so people can understand the technology that's at the bottom of 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 all these cryptos is is something called blockchain technology yes. and that is a futuristic next level type of invention that created that was created originally with bitcoin bitcoin was built on blockchain that's cool. the first use of blockchain technology all right very good to know excellent so now when we ended the segment you said that bitcoin was kind of on its island all by itself um because it was the first one or because it's larger why is that D it's a different technology within blockchain ah okay so um i did this exercise once with people on a video and i showed a uh, let's envision a highway okay you have built out a highway well once the highway is built what is it used for it can be used for trucks to travel over to distribute goods it can be used for cars people to get one way or another you're going to drive over it but what type of vehicles go over it is up to other people mm -hmm. okay bitcoin when that network was created the only thing that can travel over the bitcoin network is bitcoin blockchain came into existence people start playing around it the people that are smarter than you and me and probably everybody <laughs> listening to the show right now <laughs> said wait a second we can alter this we can still use the blockchain we can build this thing out so hmm. some people got together vitalik and charles hoskinson and some other people invented Ethereum. Ethereum is a highway, essentially, that was built using blockchain technology, okay? But what happens with, with Ethereum is they built this intentionally so that other cars could travel over it. Mm -hmm. Those cars are the coins. So when you see the coins and the prices going up and down a lot of times, the coins don't have their own proprietary network. They were built to travel over the Ethereum network. Those coins cannot travel over the Bitcoin network. Ah, okay. All right. That's deep. That's yeah. deep. So it's different ways to get to where you need to go. In right. the end, exactly. Can and a lot of them are scams. A lot of them are scams. Okay, so you have to learn it as you go, huh? Yes. Bummer. <laughs> okay, so let's say that uh, you, you want to buy Bitcoin. Uh, how do you do it? Um, I, my advice, and they say a lot of times, just you know, not financial advice and this uh -huh. and that. But there are exchanges that Brokers? are built up. Essentially, they're banks. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're cryptocurrency banks. We call them in the business exchanges. Okay. okay. There are exchanges that are based in the United States, and there are exchanges that are based outside of the United States. What's important uh, in the, the distinction between those two is that the United States political leaders don't have control over the exchanges <laughs> that are legally operating in other parts 
of the world. Okay. That's why when you see uh, FTX, if people know about this, FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, that's a big thing but in the news, you know right? What? I don't think anybody understands any of that except the, the the highlighting thing that this young kid went in there and got all this money and and was part in the political process and did something wrong. This that's guy it. with the crazy hair who's yeah. got incredibly powerful parents and connections. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to go down that road. I wonder if we should put that off to the next yeah, segment for people that, that really want to learn and get a little bit deeper and go into Sam Bankman-Fried who's sitting in a jail cell awaiting a trial Is right that now. good or bad? Um, it depends which side of the fence you're on. Ouch, but, that's but the, careful. The long and the short of it is the reason why FTX failed yeah. is because they didn't have enough Bitcoin. They had so much other money tied up in all of those other coins mm. that when it came time for everybody to sell those coins because it was obvious everything was going down, they needed to dig in to what savings, quote unquote, FTX had to pay people out and they didn't have the Bitcoin. Why didn't they just get it out of the other... The other, you know, currencies. Because those were dropping so quickly in value. Ah, so, okay. So, there was no way to get it back out They, quick. they were trying. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. That that actually makes sense to me. That's That that explains how that thing all went bad so so quickly. There's so many other reasons and layers to yeah, it. I'm but, sure. Uh, I'm but sure. And we can talk a little bit about some of that. I mean, with, with Bitcoin, I just want people to understand this uh, one thing. If you don't listen to anything else about this, this interview is... People do not know who invented Bitcoin to this day. Why? Nobody knows. He's it's anonymous. Satoshi is the the name of the individual Are who you created. You kidding me? No one knows who Come on, Satoshi is. The government is. must know. The government knows everything. Well, again, we could go down that in the next <laughs> episode. But no, people do not know. And in fact, that person who uh, is Satoshi owns over one million Bitcoin. One Bitcoin as of today is worth over $25,000. That yeah. Satoshi individual who so created Bitcoin. it's probably a government. It, could it be a government entity? It, it could well. It could Somewhere. well be. I, I have my own theories. Okay. Uh, but, well, but that's another segment. You got there it. You go. we're, we're, we're building all these segments. What's going on here? <laughs> you know what? But we started with, I'm an old person. I'm scared. But you told me I don't have to be scared now because blockchain technology works. Now you have to tell me how the heck do I buy a Bitcoin? What, what do I do? Go. You could go to Coinbase. I think Coinbase is the most reputable or one of the certainly U.S.-based exchanges. It's the largest. Okay. Theoretically, you could go to Binance.us. Binance, and this is <laughs> another deep thing, but Binance is the largest exchange for trading crypto in the world by a mile, okay? But Binance is headquartered outside of the U.S. They also wow. have a U.S.-based separate entity. Mm. That's why it's, it's Binance.us. So that falls under some different uh, yeah. regulations. Right, because that would be a whole different entity. You it, got it. You mentioned Crypto.com earlier. Yeah. That's what you're on. That's a, that's a site you can go to, for, so to, to buy if, crypto as so well. So I can feel safe going on to these sites and they're going to tell me, right? How to buy? How to buy whatever I'm buying? Exactly. Yeah, you put your money, and they make it easy enough. Where but you, you have to pay to what to, money? Where do I put like money from my bank account? Money from my credit card? What do I? What right. do I do? Yeah, you can't show up with cash on their front doorsteps okay. and try to deposit. Do they do that. Venmo? They they will PayPal? accept various. No, usually it's from the banking institutions. Oh, okay. All right, is, just wondering. And some banks don't allow their customers to deposit into crypto exchanges. Why? That's another piece too, because. 
the banks don't want to yield control. Right. Because no one does. If I go on today, let's just say I go on to Coinbase today and I want to buy $10,000 worth of Bitcoin, which is essentially 0.4 Bitcoin. Let's say I want to buy a whole Bitcoin to make it easy. It's 25000 and change. Let's say I want to put $25,000 and buy one Bitcoin okay. today. I'm going to pay on Coinbase, my guess is $250 to be able to make that trade. Really? So to buy a $25,000 one Bitcoin, it's going to cost me, I, I guess, about $250. Do you think the banks like no. other financial institutions or crypto institutions making that amount of money and the banks don't get a piece of yeah, it? $250 of for one push yeah. of a button? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they want that money. Of course. Okay, and, so they're, they're kind of in competition there. A little and, bit. and that's why, this is why long-term people need to understand that crypto is going to be around is uh, is if you look at the applications that are currently in place for ETFs, spot price ETFs, What's an which ETF? means electronic traded fund. So okay. it's, what's going on right now is the big financial entities within the United States like Fidelity, BlackRock, and other big financial companies, they're trying to get assets or let's say investment products legalized that will make it very easy for you to buy Bitcoin. So you don't have to go on Coinbase and spend well, 250 Why do they want to help that? Because they're going to make money when you buy it through them. So they're going to get the 250 in essence. It's not going to be 250 well, anymore. It'll be different exactly when this all comes about and what's about to happen within the next three to six months. And you will be hearing about it. If you didn't listen to Jimmy McIntyre today, you'll listen to me <laughs> six months from now when the announcement comes about that the BlackRock ETF was ultimately approved or one of the others, because I think there's a line of like 12 of them. And what's going to happen is the SEC is going to allow uh, all of them, approve all of them at the same time. And... I believe that's when Bitcoin shoots up in price. Oh, sorry. Okay. Here we go. So we're going to have to take another break here. You have to stay put and listen because we're going to come up on the other side. WKXL, New Hampshire, talkradio.com. Jane Cormier, your host for Art for Living. Jim McIntyre, our guest. We will be right back. Welcome back to Art for Living. Jane Cormier, your host here on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. And for those folks out there just joining us, we are talking with a cryptocurrency expert, Jimmy McIntyre, who is a New Hampshire resident. And he is sort of giving us the lowdown, especially for people like me, uh, that know very little about this new and upcoming uh, financial resource that's available for folks. And uh, in the last segment, we started to talk about the fact, okay, I know nothing about this. I want to buy a Bitcoin. I'm going to buy one Bitcoin for about 25000 I'm probably going to get charged about two fifty. But now what do I do? I buy the Bitcoin. Now what do I do with that? Good question. And I will, would like to just quickly interject with, you do not yeah. need to buy an entire Bitcoin at once, just so you know, because even okay. just listening to you right there, it's like $25,000 for one. What? Like, <laughs> I don't have that money sitting around. You can, you can literally buy $1 worth of bitcoin it's fractional it splits okay, up in, in like, cool. uh, yeah infinitesimally yes, is that the right use right of word. that word yes to, to buy bitcoin you can buy the smallest pieces so it just keeps dividing dividing okay. and dividing just so people know so like that's why i tell some people hey put in ten dollars a week 
Good just for keep you. going in through time. Yeah. You know, that you'll, you'll see. Don't look at it just like with your investment product. Just put it in. Yeah. All right. That's good. So that's a good point for everybody to know. What so do you, you do? don't have to have a lot of money to get started in this. Exactly. Exactly. That's why it's, it can be a hobby. It can be just yeah. something to use your time and say, oh, what about this? Oh, I like Jeez, this I coin. I like that this, coin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you mentioned what do you do with it yes. after you acquire it? And that is a huge piece in the crypto industry where people that are experts understand what to do. Other people don't because, it's, well, I don't really want to have to take these other steps to properly secure Ooh. my Bitcoin. Okay. So here, again, we mentioned the FTX debacle. Yeah. And if people don't know that, FTX.com was just an exchange in the United States and is still, I think, theoretically an exchange that just grew huge within a one-year period of time or so. Huge to the point where their founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, had so much money that he was like the leading, the second leading political uh, contributor for for donations to political candidates mm. in the uh, last presidential election. So he had that much money, where it's just like he was trying to make contacts. So they, but FTX grew so quickly, and here's why they made all their money on the fees from the trading, right? But here's why they fell: is when you buy Bitcoin, okay, people that buy a twenty five thousand dollar piece mm-hmm. of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You can do two things with that. You can keep that coin in something called the digital wallet. So it's so just, it's, a, is, it's not a real coin. It's not a it's real all coin. It is all digital. Okay, <laughs> so you, that's why when I say digital wallet, that's right. it's easy to relate to. It's like oh, you carry your wallet in your pocket, but you can't carry Bitcoin in your wallet necessarily unless it is on a hardware right. device that you could just kind of put in your I wallet. Because I think some people I know, I could see people thinking it was like gold. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, a side note is people in the Bitcoin community say that's why the future is going to be based on Bitcoin and not gold yeah. because you can't transport gold yeah. easily. Yeah. And Bitcoin, I can just boom, plug it in. You got it. And here's to do one of two things. Like I mentioned, you buy Bitcoin, you can leave it on the exchange. You go on uh, Coinbase, you go on mm-hmm. Binance.us. They're going to have, okay, you buy Bitcoin, it automatically gets deposited into your Bitcoin wallet on the website. Oh, cool. I told people, or you asked me, where would you buy it? I said, Coinbase, because I believe they're very trustworthy, the best place to store your crypto. So if you're going to buy it. Now, if you were going to buy a full Bitcoin, if you were a friend of mine, I would tell you, you do not want to leave your coins on the exchanges. And people say, well, why? It can get essentially hacked from there. And but I, said I thought earlier, you said that blockchain thing stops that. Exactly, right? But this is what happens is when you have it on Coinbase, now things become centralized again because Coinbase is holding all your info. So if people can hack into Coinbase, they can do different things with the Bitcoin. It's, okay. a ve- it's a long, but there have been instances where let's say you work for Coinbase, you're angry at Coinbase, you leave. You've got the information for how to log into certain mm-hmm. accounts where mm-hmm. all that Bitcoin is stored because your Bitcoin is stored here in your wallet, right? Right. But technically, it's stored On in a exchange. gigantic wallet with everybody else's okay. in the Coinbase wallet. Right. So if you can get into that somehow, you could take it out, right? right? And cause a problem. That's right. happened through history. So that's not the Bitcoin network being hacked. Okay. That's a company being hacked that plays in the Bitcoin environment. So how do I prevent that? Exactly. I was hoping you would ask that question. <laughs> you buy yourself a hardware wallet. And the hardware wallet is something, called, you, you can look this up, it would be a ledger or a treasure. Those are the T-R-E-Z-O-R. 
and ledger oh is L E D. We're learning all of these new words. Yeah, yeah. But if you really wanted to get into this, this is how you protect yourself. Okay, okay. is how much are they? Those are roughly between seventy and a hundred dollars. Okay. Right, right. So yeah. not that expensive. No. You're gonna buy a twenty-five thousand dollar piece of Bitcoin, or for the people, this is what I'm saying. There's people out there that own thousands of yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah, they're not leaving them on the exchanges. You I don't want to take that chance. You okay. want to be in control of, of your money. Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. Because I can send it when I have it on my wallet. I can send it anywhere. Really? Can, yes. Oh, I well, can. This send, is very cool. Oh, that's that's why this is the future. If you you go down today and try and send five hundred dollars to somebody in like Indonesia, go to your bank. They're going to charge you like $70 and, and be, it's going to be there in it. five days. Oh my God. I can send it to someone in Indonesia in a minute. It's there. It's done. It's in a minute. That technology is superior and the bank's going to figure out how to make money and this is going to be embraced. But we already yes. talked about that. Yes. So the ledger and, and the, the Trezor are called hardware wallets. Okay. Essentially what happens is once you buy your Bitcoin, you have it in your wallet on your digital wallet kind of um, on the Coinbase exchange. Right. You would go on there through essentially an email address. It's, it's numbers and letters. Right. But to, so people can easily identify. It's like, let's just say it's essentially a, an email address that identifies you with the crypto. Well, you're in this crypto address within the Coinbase exchange. Now, the ledger generates its own crypto address on this side. So it's just like with an email. You okay. would send your crypto from the Coinbase account, yeah. send it to your ledger account, right? Okay. You plug your ledger into the computer. Right. Boom. It now that exchange happens. It gets received onto your, your hardware device. Right. right. Now it's in the wallet. You can then unplug oh, cool. your wallet. So your hardware wallet, you disconnect from the computer so nobody can get to it. So what happens to it where it was first? Because didn't you transfer it from the from the from exchange? Yes. The so the Coinbase, it just leaves. It gets sent. So that, let's say it's one Bitcoin. It was in that wallet. Yeah. Now, boom, I'm sending you the full- You physically lift here. that out. You Well, over the internet. So again, it's not a real- but I'm saying, does it does it still leave any trace of that transaction on oh, the Oh yeah, base? that's absolutely. Well, yes, that's what the blockchain is all based about, based on. So it's like an email. Let's right. say I, I'll keep going back to that because I think that's the easiest way for people to understand this. Let's say I'm sent. I have two email addresses. So I got Jimmy McIntyre at AOL, Jimmy McIntyre at Google. Well, my Bitcoin is stored on the Jimmy McIntyre at AOL account, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to send it from there to the Jimmy McIntyre at Google. Right. So boom, boom. It, it was one on AOL. Now that's gone. It's gone. It's gone okay. over to, it's sent like the email. Okay. Boom, it gets sent. Now it's in my Google. Okay. Now my Google shows up. Oh, I've got one. Right. All right. So because so my question was, is if, if the transaction wasn't fully uh, transferred, right, to the hardware device, what would stop that first one from being hacked if someone got in? But you're saying it takes that it takes that right out. It's completely gone in awesome. a record of that transaction, yeah. meaning the, a record of like that message or right. that uh, email, as I keep using that word. It's not really an email, but to right. demonstrate, it's like the record of that gets stamped in the blockchain. Gotcha. Okay. And the blockchain just keeps building and building with all these transactions. It's never changed. Right. So I can go back 10 years ago and see the history of a transaction wow, that exactly. was made. It's stamped into the black right. blockchain. It just keeps building on top so of it. So it keeps the information, but not any way to tra to get into that exactly. money that was transferred. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Okay. Very cool. All right. So I have my uh, hardware wallet, and I have my little thing growing every month, you know, my, my little 
you know, what do I do? Just leave it? Well, that's up to you. Some people want to trade it. Some people you know, want to say, hey, well, I like this coin. So I have my Bitcoin. What do you now, mean I like this coin? What is that? Well, mean? like I mentioned with this 20,000 other coins, them? you go on, well, that's where the kiddos will go on Twitter <laughs> and they're going on the different websites to see, uh, oh, hey, where's the marketing? Where's the dollars? Because yeah. that's why there's a lot, a lot of people in this industry trying to get you to buy. Hey, you need to buy Artful Living coin. <laughs> We're, like we're, you're getting in at the right price now. We're going to be much bigger to show in six months. And you're going to be able to do so many things with this coin. You want to buy it right now when it's lower because in six months, it's going to be worth a lot more. <laughs> Well, then I say, okay, I'm going to buy it right now. Yeah. And then in six months, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sell because I just doubled or tripled or whatever the value. So it's, so it's just like an investment account. It's the same as the stock market, except it's just more uh, rigged. More rigged. Well, it sounds like it's more controlled by the consumer. Well, that's what the whole cry for is for decentralization so that, yes, the you can have the power over your own that's money right. and do what you want to do with Imagine it. Imagine that. What a concept, huh? Novel. You know, we used to have that concept. We don't have it quite so more, but we're reinventing it, I guess. This is a good thing. All righty. So we're going to take another break here. WKXL Art for Living. Great segment today with Jimmy. Co- Jimmy. I want to say, oh, my God. Jimmy. It's okay. Yeah. And uh, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Stay with us. We will be right back on the other side. Welcome back. Art for Living here. Jane Comier, your host on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. For those who are just joining us and who might like to maybe listen to the whole segment today in Art for Living, you can catch all of our programming here on WKXL on NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. So we invite you to do that. Uh, today, we are on Artful Living. Strange topic, right? We're, we're talking about cryptocurrency and the creative uh, aspect this can offer you. Because you know what? Artful Living is about all things creative. So uh, Jimmy McIntyre is here, and he's been educating everyone listening about uh, cryptocurrency. And it's actually a pretty in-depth topic. Um, you know, I could see that one can become immersed in this pretty quickly. I certainly did when I first found out about uh, Bitcoin and what it was and why it was invented and the fact that nobody knew who invented it. It just really seems strange. That is strange. so odd, yeah. yeah it's just, it's, it blows your mind. It really does. That's why I'm writing a book about crypto to make things oh, easier you? for people. Yeah, and that's at the core of it. That It's not a coincidence that nobody knows who invented this. Let's be obvious. If you were the person <laughs> that invented it and you had over a million Bitcoin and each one was worth $25,000, would you maybe sell like 10 of them and buy yourself like some car or something? You know, those have been touched in like 10 years those have just been sitting in the wallet for 10 years so some people say oh maybe satoshi is you know no longer alive but i find that to be like no 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 this is too intentional anyway i I have an interesting question can i just uh off the cuff all right because i've said this to people i mentioned earlier one bitcoin sells for over twenty five thousand dollars today so the way i see it there are two people that two types of people that are involved with owning bitcoin Mm -hmm. one are 
really rich people who right. have an extra $25,000 or more just kind of laying around they to say, I'm going to put into some imaginary yeah. coin. I can't even hold it in my wallet. Like, what is this thing? What are they even talking about? So rich people that have over $25,000 to do that, that's one type of person. The other people are the software developers. And so you think back to like the smartest kids you knew back in high school, those people are the software developers. So I ask you this question. Do you want to be on the side of the really rich people and the smartest people in the world, or do you want to be on the other side? Because if you own no cryptocurrency, you're on the other side. And I'm just here to tell you, like, that's not the winning side. <laughs> in your opinion. In my opinion, and I could be wrong. Yeah. I've been wrong plenty of well, times in life. Well, that's life, right? Yes. That's <laughs> life. The only thing that we are sure of is that someday we won't be here. So, But you know what? That's that's what we have to do. We have to do the, the decision ourselves. We have to become informed enough to look at it and see what we think. Because uh, taking a chance on something that's new and, and from what I've heard from you, innovative enough to give some degree of security, certainly the blockchain technology that, you know, this is not far-flung stuff, right, that offers us a, a way to try it. Why not? Why not try that and look at it and see what happens? I'm all for that. I think that's a great thing for this country and the world. It's the, it's the world. That's, I mentioned earlier, being able to send money to Indonesia. You know, there are a lot, even with one example of, of blockchain, there's, a, there's one um, crypto called um, Cardano. Right, and Cardano's led by a fellow by the name of Charles Hoskinson, who I think may be the smartest person in the world. He actually was a co-inventor of Ethereum, and he saw ahead as things kind of started to change. He said, "Wait a second, Ethereum's going to run into some roadblocks. I'm going to start over and start something new." So he started Cardano, and where he's at now is he's really using the blockchain technology and Cardano over in um, Africa, in a lot of areas over there where people aren't able like to get loans or people don't own property. And like if you're a woman, you can't have a bank account, but you can take part kind of in, in quote unquote, the banking world through crypto. And you can get a digital record of yourself and your history, like um, taking out loans and paying back loans. That can all be stored on the Cardano network. So that's another piece of uh, example of blockchain technology. There's mm. so many real world use cases out there that are really positive things, but crypto gets like a negative eye in the United States because- there's scammers and some bad things have happened. Well, that happens in everything that you look at. What, When doesn't that happen to something? But here's the thing, um, and I'll throw this bug in the soup here. You can could, you could tell me whether or not I'm wrong. Um, at eventually, right now the governments aren't um, really keying into trying to control this. Now let's all face it. And you don't have to be any kind of anti-government person. Just logic will tell you at some point governments are going to want a piece of this action. And they're going to want to control it. So what happens then? Because right now for the folks that want to be independent and want to think of another way to be accountable for the money that they make and that they have, this seems to be a pretty neat alternative. What happens, though, when the government comes in to take it? It's great that you asked that because at the beginning of this show, you were talking about how you know nothing mm -hmm. about cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you, that question you just asked, that's the current state of crypto. That is exactly 
where we're at. The legal battles are happening. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, this is something nobody talks about. Nobody explains to regular people. They just see the news highlights. But what's happening right now is the crypto industry has generated so much money, right? And there's been a lot of it that has happened kind of outside the umbrella of the United, United States and the United States government. So a lot of money hasn't been mm-hmm. uh, recognized as taxable income. Right. And so the U.S. government's like, we want some <laughs> of that money that's being happening, that's being earned from United States citizens on overseas yeah. exchanges. Yeah. Right. But there's nothing the U.S. government do, can do to regulate the overseas exchanges. Right now. Except kind of wield the stick. Well, they try to gain power, right? But see, the thing is that other countries... I won't mention them, but some of them don't want to be on the same side as the United States financial system. So they actually want to encourage investment in something like this that the U.S. doesn't have control over. Okay. So, but for for people that want to learn more about this topic, you can see, and this will be big within the next six months, there is a coin called XRP. Okay. That is, is, was put out, XRP was put out by a company called Ripple. Ripple has been engaging in a lawsuit battle with the uh, Securities Exchange Commission of the United States, Uh, the SEC. Yeah, they're trying to regulate because what essentially Ripple does is they're trying to promote exactly what I mentioned earlier. I want to be able to send money anywhere and do it almost instantly to other countries and Mm -hmm. this and that. No five-day waiting, no $50. That's what Ripple does. But what the government said, when Ripple grew to a certain point, like before that, the government had been like, everything's cool. Hands are off, just exactly like you were saying. It's okay. But then when Ripple got to a point where, oh, wait a minute, like they're, they're, people are using Ripple to send money to other countries. <laughs> that, wait a minute, we don't want money going over there. Right. The government filed lawsuits. Yes. The SEC said, no, 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 no. That's a security. Like That's a breach of, of investment protocol. You, you can't do that. And Ripple said their CEO is Brad Garlinghouse. He said they will have spent over $200 million fighting this a lawsuit. Drop in this but drop ma- in the pan. If it gets approved exactly well, just about two months ago, a month and change ago, um, the uh, the first court order came down ruling in favor of Ripple. Yay. So this is and more cases are coming down where the courts are determining that the government okay. is overreaching its power and that's what that's no. a yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why the government right now is realizing, wait a second we're going to have to figure this out and settle it. And the big thing is going to be this ETF that I mentioned earlier. When that gets approved, that's the big financial companies coming in who are very heavily involved with the government, if you didn't know. And those big financial (laughs) companies are are looking to make some money. So they're going to put the framework in place and say, here's what's allowed. Here's not what's allowed. When it's allowed, but don't the big think companies of it. come in. It's not friendly to it. They just want a part. They just want the money, exactly, yeah, they, because they're gonna know when it's gonna get just approved, and they're gonna care. be making their money. Yes. That's why when you see Bitcoin going down in price, it's like that's okay. But once things change and once that gets right. approved, hang it, on. It, it, it is is my viewpoint could be wrong, but well, I I don't know that that's uh, illogical in any way to think like that. But uh, here's you. here's the theory of it: is that the gentleman, or the yeah, I don't want to say the gentleman because we don't know, right? But whoever started this, right? Mm-hmm. has a huge amount of capital available mm-hmm. and is probably subsidy-wise supporting all of what Ripple's doing because, let's face it, they have a huge stake in this battle. So that's probably the only safe place that you could hope that there will be a fair shake. 
if there was one coin right now that I was going to tell people to invest in, and again, you know, I was about to say this free, not yeah. financial advice, because, but theoretically, if I had an imaginary friend that I was going to just suggest <laughs> one coin, it would be Ripple because they're on the front end yeah. of like the mainstream and integration with the big financial companies yeah. and the government. Like once those decisions get made, then all the other cryptos can kind of come in and yeah. follow the tracks that have been blazed. That's why the government doesn't want to settle with Ripple because the fact of the matter is just like a lot of people listening don't know much about crypto. The people in government know nothing about crypto. They do. You think, you know, none of our crypto, none of our political leaders have no. near the experience that I have. If they spent one hour listening to this show today, they'd be like, oh my God, that's what's going on. <laughs> It's probably true. Yeah, but I, are the people like BlackRock, the folks at BlackRock, and, and you know, who's so heavily part of the what's happening here in this country and the world right now, believe me, they know, and they're all, all, all over this like a bad suit, but they're probably just trying to find a way to do it, make it palatable. Exactly, so that everybody can win. And, and so sure. you know, ultimately, you might come down to voters if people want to vote. Know. To, you know, say, hey, I want, I want, I want crypto. You, if I hear candidates that want to legalize crypto, yeah, you get a thumbs up in well, my you book. You want the freedom to have to spend or make your money, which isn't really strange. You know, that's kind of like a good thing, right? So, um, all right. So when we buy our crypto, wherever it is, we have it in our hard, hard, hardware wallet, right? Hard, is that you what you call it? Yeah, you, you, you've done this. I like it. Yeah. You're holding the and, uh, crypto in the palm of your hand in your hardware yeah. wallet. That's right. And we'll, it's and then I can decide as I go what I want to do with that money I've invested. Exactly. You could take it at any time. You could okay. extend that to sell it. You have to move it from your hardware wallet. You yeah. put it back onto the exchange. So you would send the email or the message from one back to the exchange. Right. Now it's on the exchange. Move it. I want to sell this for cash or for other cryptos, whatever it may Makes be. Makes sense to me. It never stops. If you want to think about this stuff, you could just go all day. There's <laughs> yes. so many different things to we talk about. We have to about. have you back talk. But see, we started one spot and we ended up all the way back on the other. And I think we made a nice, complete circle. Jimmy McIntyre, thank you for coming here and talking about cryptocurrency on Artful Living. Great who, job. Who Happy would to have be thought? Here. <laughs> <laughs> WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, New Hampshire. Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>